The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now you're welcome back to the Hard Shoulder. Emmett Oliver here with you today between five and seven, standing in for Kieran Cuddy and what has been a very dark and difficult day for the Irish Defence Forces, I should say 24 hours really, the death of Sean Rooney, Private Sean Rooney, originally from Donegal, or certainly lived for many years in Donegal, on his way back to Beirut with a number of his colleagues, and as you know, their convoy was attacked by what's been described as a, a hostile mob, and there's also another soldier who's also injured. So let's get the latest on this. We'll talk a little bit about um, Sean Rooney as well, as, as a person and as a, as a young soldier, and we'll also get an analysis of what's been happening in southern Lebanon, the kind of conditions that the Irish troops live in over there, and the kind of, um, I suppose, just the feel for the area and the dangers that are implicit in any of these peacekeeping missions. But first, let me go to Mark Keane, who is the president of PD4, Mark Keane. Mark Keane, you're welcome to the hard shoulder. I wish I was talking to you at a different time, but can you bring me up to date on where we are, what's happening with Sean's family, the Defence Forces, and just what has been a very difficult 24 hours? Yes, uh, indeed, a very good evening to him. And as you rightly say, it is a sad occasion for all of us in the military family. We're shocked and saddened to hear the tragic loss of Sean Rooney and also our members' thoughts and prayers with our colleague Shane Kearney, as you rightly said, who was also injured and also those currently serving overseas. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, information is starting to flow back that, you know, uh, Private Sean Rooney had passed away during the night and also that Private Shane Kearney, uh, Trooper Shane Kearney, was injured. We're, we've engaged throughout the day with uh, the military authorities and the Department of Defence and we've offered every and all assistance that we can from PD4 to, to the military and also the families involved. And Mark, do you, do you have any update on um, Shane Carney, his medical situation or anything you can bring us up to speed on on, on where he's at at the moment? As I said, uh, we've been in contact with military authorities and the general staff and action of the department. Unfortunately, I'm not in a position to say because I know that they're dealing closely with his family and at this time we're, we've just offered all assistance to them, whatever practical assistance we can offer. I know that tonight in Killa and Cork there was a vigil organised for uh, Trooper Shane Kearney where, uh, you know, prayers and action will be said. So we're, we'd like to offer our condolences again to all those involved. Now, Mark, obviously there's a number of overlapping investigations going on here. How important will, will the Irish Defence Force's own investigation be into this? And do you have any idea how these kind of things take place or, or what might be involved? How much, you know, how much more will we know once, once your colleagues have done an investigation? I think as the, as the days go on, we'll naturally enough we'll get more information back and a clearer picture will happen. Naturally enough, there was a time difference and it happened at some, you know, during the night. So, as I said, details were sketchy coming back. Uh, the Taoiseach himself today has come out and also the Minister has come out today on various news channels to say that there will be a series of investigations naturally enough will take place. The military authorities, but also the United Nations will be involved because our members serve on the United Nations flag. Uh, I think at this time it would be prudent to maybe to let those investigations take the course and then we can do, you know, a root and branch review afterwards when we find out what happened. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been a long time since something like this happened, but of course there is that danger ever present all the time just because we don't hear about it back here in Ireland doesn't mean it isn't there and implicit in that area, which has been unstable politically for a long time, like a, a very long time. Let me talk to somebody who knew Sean, who's now passed away, and that's Damien McCrory. He's the principal of St. Eunan's College in Letterkenny. Thank you for coming on to the hard shoulder, Damien. Just tell me uh, how much you knew Sean, and please pay pay respect to him and tell us a little bit about the, the man. 
Yeah, Emmett, well, first of all, I want to say deepest condolence to his family and friends and members of the Defence Forces, okay? We were devastated to hear this news uh, this morning. Uh, there was a sense of shock and utter disbelief um, among the school community here um, that one of our past pupils uh, had passed away so tragically. Um, Sean was a member of the school community back in 2014 uh, for three years. He was with us until June 2017. Um he was a great young man. Uh, he had a full life ahead of him. Um, he uh, was always very, a very positive attitude. You know, he's remembered fondly by by all staff here in the school. And uh, we're just, you know, it's just uh, we're just devastated to hear this news today um, about Sean. And we're just um, deepest condolence again to his family and friends and members of the defence forces. Uh, and we join in that as well. D- Damien, did you um, know Sean yourself personally or did you teach him or anything like that? I I did, yeah, I did. I taught Sean myself, okay, when when he was in the school. So I, I did know him and I, I have great fond memories of him and and uh, of uh, how he was, like he joined us in transition year and um, he and he fitted in straight away. And he was he was fondly, uh, you know, he was fondly remembered. Okay, uh, and uh, he had a great. He was he was willing to get involved. Okay, um, like it's always tough joining a, a new school. Okay, at any point throughout, uh, you know, the six years or five years that you joined, but yeah, it was as if he was here uh, from the very beginning. I know, and um, and he fitted in so well. I know, and when, when you see the pictures of him in his uniform, standing there, you know, with the blue cap on, of course, they're known as, as the blue helmets, um, the UN force. It's just powerful imagery. He was clearly, you could just see the smile on his face, clearly very enthusiastic about going to serve in the army. I don't know, is there others in he your school over the years who've, who've, done, who've taken this route? Or, or there was... has, yeah, there has been a number. And when I, when I saw, um, I think the first report maybe came through just after six this morning that someone had passed away. And that was the first thing that I thought of. There was a, we have a number of boys that would that would have gone that route, and and will continue to go that route probably. But um, just that was the first thing popped into my head. So, uh, but then uh, it became a reality. Okay, at, at about eleven this morning when the news started to break that that was one of our own. So um, yeah, so we do have a number of boys that that go there, and I know there's dangers and all involved with you know what's joining the, the army and so forth. But they were so these boys are so passionate about, about going into the army and, and give all their give so much dedication to it. And Sean was no different. Uh, it was something that he was very passionate about and something that he did want to want to do and I believe it, it was two thousand and nineteen when he did join them. So um, yeah, so it's just, yeah, like I, devastation. Could you give us some sense of, of of the the mood in the school itself? Obviously, he's left, but I mean, I'm sure there's friends and family and all the rest of it in the area, and also lots of other youngsters who who would have taken after him or would like to have done. So, I mean, it must have been a difficult day for all of you at the school. Yeah, it, it was like, and and staff. I think there was more shock actually, and and disbelief. I think that's that's the what was coming through today. Like a lot of the. A lot of the students would have passed through because it's it's been you know we're we're going to take sixth year now from Sean has left us but uh, he um, like there was you know the, um, certainly among the staff there was a lot of there was a lot of just disbelief that this had happened and and so forth because they all remember him so fondly and and uh, as I said uh, he had such a great positive attitude and I again he had a passion for life. And and for for his career as well as in the chosen career that he that he took. Yeah. So you know that's that's the that's the reality. So it's it is 
it's it's just everybody uh, sad is the is the is just a, a word that I can just describe. Okay, how people were feeling today. Okay, when they heard this news. Yeah, and, I mean, just, just sad and shock. Just yeah. starting starting out in his adult life. Really, I mean, it's uh, it's it's cut down literally in his prime. Is is what we're talking about here? It's dreadful stuff. Let, let me just bring, stay with us if you can, Damien. But you may have to go. I'm not sure you're running a busy school there. You may have other things to be attending to. But thanks for giving us your thoughts. I also have on the line Declan Power, who is a security analyst who for many years has been watching the Irish Army and Defence Forces operations and he's, he's well versed in what happens over in southern Lebanon. You're welcome to the hard shoulder Declan. Obviously a lot of our Thanks listeners so. are, you know, they're getting pieces. We know some things that happened. We know we know the main event, there was a convoy. We know it ended up in a small village over there and, and something went on from there, a mob involved. So we've got bits of the story but obviously full investigations will only tell us the full truth. But can you give us some idea um, for our listeners' benefit of what's going on in southern Lebanon? What are the conditions like there? How edgy is it as an area if you're a soldier? Or is this kind of almost sort of come out of the blue? Were you very surprised to hear this? Or were you aware that there had been tensions rising there? And, you know, not that it was inevitable, but it wasn't entirely unexpected that someday something like this would happen. What's your view of the, the terrain and, and just the mood in that part of the world? Uh, no, it was unexpected, uh, certainly from my perspective, um, because the, the nature of the mission in Lebanon had changed somewhat from my time in the army. And, uh, you know, there were times, certainly when I was there in the 90s, uh, the, the, you were at risk of much more conventional type operations, bombardments, airstrikes, things of that nature, as well as um, abduction. Um, you know, and, and there were a variety of all of those things uh, that I've just mentioned uh, led to the deaths and injuries of Irish soldiers uh, down through the years. But the, the the nature of the mission had changed in the early 2000s. Uh, in fact, uh, the, things got very uh, peaceful. Uh, the Lebanese government uh, were able to put in their own military and uh, paramilitary police to patrol right up to the border with UN support. Then in 2006, things got rough again with uh, an outbreak of hostilities between Hezbollah, the primary um, Islamic uh, resistance group um, or militia group and Israel, which led to Israeli bombardments and a, 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 a boosting of the numbers of the uh, the UNIFIL mission, which led to Irish troops going back into Lebanon. But this time they were not going back in the same numbers. Where before we had an entire battalion for about 600 ranks that was autonomous and, and uh, somewhat independent in its ability to maneuver and control ground. This time we were the lead element of a combined battalion that had EU, European Union partners. So uh, sometimes the Finnish, sometimes the Poles. I think at the moment it's the Polish that are uh, partnering with the Irish. Uh, it was slightly different. It wasn't holding static positions, but more mobile patrolling uh, from its base in South Lebanon. Now, the, the threat, the nature of the threat has changed as well, gradually started to change. While there was a lot of tension on the border, between Israeli-backed forces and uh, and militia groups, and indeed sometimes the Lebanese regular army, uh, liaison and UN liaison officers through uh, accurate intelligence and effective and strategic uh, communication managed to uh, stabilise and dampen down outbreaks of uh, of hostilities, and that tended to be where most of the threat lay. But then, in the last couple of years. There had been, certainly in the last year, there had been outbreaks of pockets of hostility to UN forces um, from what could best be described as armed elements 
in villages and in Declan, and can I ask you? Um, can I just ask you? We, we we seem to have a statement earlier in the day, at least from Hezbollah, saying this was an unintended killing. What 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 do you make of that? Or you're surprised they made any statement at all? Or, or what, what's your analysis of that particular piece of communications? No, I think Hezbollah certainly didn't want to see this happen. But what appears to have been the case is that there have been various, in areas that they control, or at least claim to control, there are, are pockets of armed elements that it's not sure who's controlling commander at times. And there have been confrontations with troops, including our own uh, less than a year ago, last January, where armed elements uh, accused them of taking photographs, which they saw as uh, intelligence gathering, uh, in areas that would have been subjected to uh, attacks from Israeli-backed forces. Now, this wasn't the case. Irish troops are, are, you know, have a corporate memory, uh, more so than most countries that are out there and know the sensitivities. But there seemed to be a degree of intimidation uh, growing of troops on the ground and harassment to try and prevent them from patrolling with the vigour that would normally be the case, certainly of Irish troops. And um, what is behind that was never entirely clear. Sometimes it could be just local sensitivities in areas and uh, local ideologues seeking to secure their own territory by uh, being able to point a finger at some sort of a common enemy. Sometimes it could be something emanating from higher up in Hezbollah, but uh, in a way, done in such a way as they could deny it. So the last point here I would make is that what happened in this case was extremely unusual because it happened in an area outside of the UNIFIL area of operations uh, and would have been expected to be quite safe for UN forces to patrol through and to transit through as this is a very routine operation. Yeah, well, these investigations will tell all that there's a number of them. Maybe that's a good thing because we'll, we'll get that finite detail on what happened to Sean Rooney, a, a dreadful event. And we wish the best also to Trooper Shane Carney as well. Hopefully he pulls through in the best of health that he can have. Uh, Mark Keane, you heard earlier, who's the president of PD4. Thanks for joining us. Damien McCrory, thank you very much for joining us here. He's the principal of St. Eunice College in Letterkenny. A difficult uh, conversation, I'm sure, to have with us on air. Great memories of Sean Rooney. Very sad indeed for him. And Declan Power giving us the, the kind of on-the-ground overview of what's happening in southern Lebanon. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy. With Nissan. Weekdays from four. On News Talk.